0: Beautiful downtown Southern Maryland. It's gears of resistance, episode number one zero. So that's either binary number two or decimal number ten, and in this case, it's decimal number ten. Um, so uh, this week, past weekend, we had National Maker Fair here in Washington D.C., um, which was awesome. We'll talk about that and a uh, couple things about the business. And uh, then we'll go on a little rant that kind of ties back into the Maker Fair somehow. Um, so anyway, let's start off with the happy news of the Maker Fair. Maker Fair, uh, this was the National Maker Fair in Washington D.C., where I finally got a pair of my Google Glass. I was so excited. Um, it's not quite the Google Glass I thought, though. So it is uh, that Google had sponsored. It was handing out. was pretty cool. But, um, yeah, it's not quite, there's no electronics. I guess it's a lot cheaper than $1,500 too. Uh, so anyway, um, wow. Um, this Maker Fair was my first, I guess I'd gone to a couple mini Maker Fairs. Uh, this was, I guess was the first real quote unquote real Maker Fair or big one or whatever. Um, and it was, uh, It was well worth it. Uh, There was um, big companies. um, Let's see, Hot Wheels, Mattel. I guess is that a Mattel company? Uh, Was there with the race cars to teach physics and science uh, kits with car and racing and racetracks. There was. all kinds of uh, government agencies, U.S. aid, uh, the uh, Naval STEM with NAVC. Um There was small businesses selling, you know, three D printed objects. There were big companies, small companies, were maker spaces from all across the country. There. Um, what else? There was congressional staffers. There was staffers from the White House. Um, there was actually, there was talks going on on Friday. We didn't get there till Saturday. I missed the talks. Uh, from what I heard, though, they were pretty good. They were uh, a good balance, um, I guess, in terms of different topics and who was presenting. They had a little, again, mix of different people. Um, and I think that was that was the best part. It was good to see people that, from government, big business, small business, makerspaces, um Startup companies were all there, and everyone was celebrating the maker ethos, um, which I thought was great. And out of that, there's a couple. There's a couple people I'm going to reach out to and hopefully do some interviews here in the next couple uh, next couple episodes. There was a gentleman named Bennett Harris who's making science kits called Reinventing Science, um, which was awesome. Good to talk to. You. I like the kits. It was refreshing to see like. You know, science kits that were like $9 that you buy at Target that you throw away after one use. He's building some really nice, high-quality science kits. Um, Let's see here. There was a gentleman from USAID, that I think I got his business card in my wallet, um, because he was really cool. They're talking about, um, you know, relying on makers to help. You know, USAID is there to sell. Like, you know, it's kind of like a United Nations, um, which not not like United Nations, but a lot of the, the stuff that we've talked about before in terms of third world country support and you know, finding high tech, low tech solutions to problems. Um, so they had a lot of, you know, here's, you know, we're using kind of the makers and we're soliciting makers to help us solve, um, you know, real world problems without having to spend, you know, millions or billions of dollars. Uh, there's another company called Infosys. Um, which was really cool. They were building a lot of their products based on uh, the Raspberry Pi, and you know they were targeting the, like real applications. So they had things like um, uh, scanners in your for your cart. Um, if you're going grocery shopping um, or anywhere shopping, uh, as you scan things, as you pick things up, you scan it, you put it in your cart. That way, you can you know pay without having to go through. Um, um, the checkout counter. Uh, but again, you know, there, again, I think there there's there's solutions like that already. But I think again, it's it's open source. It's well, Raspberry Pi. Um, so my thinking is it's probably a lot cheaper solution than what probably is out there already. Um, they're also doing a uh, car um, parking spot detector. So like. Basically log into an app and you're blanketing the parking spots and in real time uh you can tell where the vacant um parking spots was. Again, built with just open source or off at least commercial off the shelf kind of stuff. No no custom in electronics. Um which was cool, which um kind of ties in to where I wanted to go with the rant. So um, there was in some of the things I did get to see some of the discussions and talking with other people um, there and some other things I was looking at this past week, actually. So there's, let me tie it in. There's the, and the I'm just playing here too. Uh, the open source hardware association, Oshwa, Oshwa, something like that. Um, let's actually, let's, let's do it. I think it's O. SH, let's just check this out here real quick. O-S-H-W-A.org, yes. The Open Source Hardware Association. So um, this past week, they put out a, a couple questions about uh, open source hardware and should there be a certification process so that people know, um, you know, this is legitimately open source hardware. Vice, um, I guess some people would argue, you know, Raspberry Pi uh, technically doesn't meet a lot of the definitions of open source hardware. Um and there was discussions at that this week at the Maker Fair itself about, you know, there's people talking about um, what would I say, legitimizing the maker movement. And so let me let me then take this on to my rant. So um if you've listened to any of these podcasts or other things I've done in the past, you know I rail against something called um preventing the professional priesthood. Um, So you kind of, kind of tells you what I feel about it. So presenting or preventing the professional priesthood is the term I give to the idea that um, a lot of times people in have gained some sort of technical skills or abilities or unique skills and abilities uh, tend to close up and prevent sharing that with everybody else because it gives them either you know a source of income because now they're the only ones that can make or do a certain task or a certain workflow. Um, it gives them a sense of superiority. It's kind of like an ego stroking thing, which you know. Granted, I've got ego issues myself. I'll admit, um, but. I think there's this this whole idea about certifying the hardware and the legitimizing maker movement, and, and seems to me to be almost like antithetical um, to what everything the maker movement is about. You know, the maker movement is about knocking down barriers to learning, to technology, to tinkering. Um, it's about you know, it's not necessarily you know um, anarchy. It's not you know, uh, every man or woman for themselves, but it's certainly, I don't think a place where there needs to be a lot of structure. I think that, um, you know, let's take Pi for instance. Okay. So it doesn't meet a certain group's strict definition of open source hardware does that mean it's any less valuable to the maker community, to the DIY community, to the people that are trying to learn programming, who are um, trying to better their lives and getting an opportunity where, you know, without this $35 computer, they wouldn't have had that chance. I think we're better served when we are trying to be as inclusive as possible. Um, And I think going down the road of, um, you know, certifications and making things legitimate. Cause I think the problem is that everybody wants, I don't know, I don't really get it cause I never felt this way personally, but it's everybody wants to feel like, you know, the work they do is real and it's legitimate. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? What does it mean that if, if you're doing work, that's as much legitimacy as you need. If you're selling product or if you're getting people to visit your website to look at your stuff, what more do you need? Why, why does some third-party stamp give you a sense of, you know, this is now suddenly real? Um, so I argue against it. I say no, 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 no certifications, um, no things that, you know, limit people entering the thing. The problem is that, you know, we technology from the 70s, of each passing, you know, Year every passing decade, technology has gotten, um, you know. Yes, it's gotten better. It's gotten smaller. It's gotten cheaper, uh, but it's become um, less, you know, tinker friendly now. Just like, just like my generation or myself is, you know, I really don't understand, you know, what is going on in my automobile, because by the time I got to the point of being able to purchase a car. You know, it wasn't just simply, you know, gas spark, um, air, um, and you could take your, you, it was, there's already embedded electronics that were, you know, coated in epoxy that you couldn't see in. And so you didn't really have an appreciation that supply for me. I don't really understand how my car works. Um, and that frustrates me, but I was in early enough with the rest of electronics where I do, I understand how it works. Even though today, you know, and I'll admit, you know, I've I've got an iPhone, I use Apple stuff, you know, but try to tinker with that stuff, it's impossible. Um, So I'm, I'm, you know, to my mind is okay. So we're trying to reverse that trend. We want to make technology something that is accessible, not just from the end use, but someone who can actually understand how it works. Um, when you start going off and certifying, um, and start making certifications, you know, there, there's not every, not, where do you draw the line on what's open source? Cause there's a lot of Silicon out there that you can't, you're not going to get as open source. So where does it, where does it start and where does it end? Is it, if I, if the Silicon has to be open source, you know, I'm thinking all the arm stuff out there, you know, that kills a lot of stuff, a lot of the modcom stuff which again, Raspberry Pi, but you know, everything else from beyond everything above the Silicon, um, you know, I could take it and rework it again. Arduino is more than Raspberry Pis, but, um, I, but at the same time, even if it was, you know, the Raspberry Pi being not as open, um, doesn't you know I can still take it and make a product out of it that the people then could learn from so yeah you don't learn necessarily down to the transistor level um, the VLSI level of how the chip is made but you have still more learning ability than you would have had otherwise um, then going to Best Buy and buying a computer um, I, I think you've got a little bit more with um, you know even these open source solutions anyway because now I'm starting to rant and go off on tangents so my point is um, to people out there that are in the movement uh, resist that urge to professionalize the priesthood to sanctify to make yourself um, the center of the universe because I you know I get it I, there, there's this need to Uh, We want to protect people, which I don't, again, don't really understand. like, well, some people aren't going to buy real open source hardware and they're going to be upset. Well, you know, if someone that's getting to the point where they want to start tinkering with electronics and building circuits on their own, they're going to be savvy enough. Thanks to things like Google to, you know, kind of, you know, see the discussion. So my point is the marketplace of discussion of ideas that we have is good enough. That protects people enough than going to create a certification that you can stamp on your board or stamp on your box. Because here's the other problem, having been a bureaucrat, is that okay, so you have a certification. Well, how do you enforce said certification? You know? Okay, what how if I say my stuff's open source and you're saying it's not. What? How do you enforce that definition? Less you involve government and create regulations and laws and rules. Okay, you, you got to think it all the way through. Okay, create certification, enforce certification. To have enforcement of things like that, you know, you kind of have to, you know, go down, a, in my opinion, a very dangerous road of potentially. Does that mean we're involving government, and they get to say a part of saying what's open source, what's not? That just that freaks me out, man. Anyway, that's enough on that. Um. So, but anyway, to to everyone who was involved, uh, thank you very much for putting together the national uh, National Maker Space National Maker Fair. Um. I think this was the inaugural, this was the first one. So uh, hopefully next year it'll even be bigger and better. Um, I'm thinking like, it would be so cool to do it, like actually on the mall um, because then you get, then you get the through, not only do you like, cause it was at the university of district of Columbia, which is kind of out of the way. Um, so you kind got to, got to get on the Metro and go there. Whereas if you're in the national mall with everybody else that just shows up as tourism, you get so many more people. So that would be my hope is one day the the maker fair is actually on the mall. That would be awesome. Um, so I'll ran. I'm going to end that down. I'm done. Pref- prevent. Just prevent the professional priesthood. Don't make certifications. It's not needed. Just trust people. They're smart. People are smart. They'll, they'll make the right decisions. All right. So what else? Um, anything about the business today. So uh, again, if you're uh, around Radio Shack, um, you know, as they take their slow decline, uh, there are some pretty good deals to be had. So this past week, um, and you know, I think my Radio Shack is becoming one of the sprint Radio Shacks. They're not really shutting down, but for whatever reason, they are, uh, there's a lot of great sale prices on their, um, was non-consumer electronic stuff. So the stuff that, that appeals to a maker. So they're like, uh, they're electro luminescent, uh, wire is one sale for like three, four bucks. Uh, same thing with their EL tape. So if you've got some projects coming up, wearables or anything that needs lighting, they're really cheap right now. Um, I noticed like, you know, circuit, um, Breadboards were down to like eight bucks for you know like the little six the six inch versions, uh, which were traditionally like sixteen dollars. Um, even though you could probably get them on Amazon for like five bucks. Um, let's see what else has changed here in the last week. Um, been tinkering with the blue bean a little bit more, the light blue bean. Um, I'm liking it so far. I think it's um, there's an app that you can program it, uh, via an iPad, which was pretty cool. I think I showed this off before at one, but if not, I'll, uh, again, it's, you know, Bluetooth built in Bluetooth, low energy runs off a little coin cell battery. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, oh, the Arduino zero has launched the, the Arduino dot CC Version, which is the company that's actually uh, headed by Massimo and his guys uh, and his crew, um, they're the the Arduino Italian LLC company um, had an Arduino Zero Pro come out a couple weeks, maybe a couple months ago. Uh, this is, depending on how you look at it, the official version. Um even though they also announced they're going to uh this this whole Genuino concept, it seems like it's classification versus going to be in, you know a new name for the products. Um so if you want the Genuino certified Arduino Zero, that came out today, uh June fifteenth. It's running for forty nine bucks off their website, Arduino.cc. Um Nice thing about it is we finally we're, were making the switch over to um, uh, an ARM-based processor, so we're going to do 32-bit um, computing. So, kind of, we're getting slowly more from the amat- the quote-unquote amateur electronics, into more uh, professional-grade electronics, um, at least on the gut level. The, the cool thing is, if you're using Atmel Studio, you get access finally to a, uh, a debugger. So one thing that people haven't been able to do thus far um, with playing with a normal Arduino and you still can't do it with the Arduino IDE. At least I don't think you can. Um, You need again, Atmel studio is you're finally going to have access to um, a hardware debugger. So you can actually kind of like, you know, walk through your code and see um, how things are uh, progressing, looking at the memory and whatnot. So that's a good um, potential learning tool uh, for people. Um, it is 3.3 uh, volt. So a lot of your old shields, though, the form factor will still fit. Um, if you try to put five volts onto uh, a three volt pin, uh, you will at least fry the pins, potentially fry the whole board. Uh, and you can't just replace the old, um, you know, it's not like where you can just replace your, uh, AVR microcontroller. Um, so, you know, just be warned, it's it's different. Not dangerous, but just different. Um what else? Oh. Um so I've been doing a lot of work lately, uh finally doing more final was it final manufacturing and more than just prototyping. Um where I've been actually uh sending off to get boards made, uh PCBs. And, um you know for clients and um, the problem so I've been using ash park I've tried another guy I can't remember their name um, and while they are still in my opinion ash parks the best for when you, you know when you're ready to do um, you know the final presentation the final board um, the shipped version of whatever you're working with they're still the way to go but For, um, let me see here, for prototyping, uh, I finally broke down, and um, let me see if I can figure this out, here we go, Uh, got a little, tiny little CNC machine that can do PCB milling, so Curious if anybody out there has ever dealt with this one? It's a company called Inventables. It's their X-Carve, um, it's basically about a twelve-inch by twelve-inch workspace, um, CNC mill, um, and it could on their website they sell bits specifically for milling PCBs as well as little drills um, to actually drill the holes for through-hole components. Um, so I'm just curious. Um, has anyone used this one? What are their feelings about it? Um, there was one at the Maker Fair, Faire. Um, Makerspace up around DC. Uh, they were fiddling with it a little bit. Wasn't quite working, um, which was a little easy. uh And there, the YouTube videos I've seen all of it um, have been thus far what Inventables sent um, free. Uh, you know, they sent some uh, some YouTubers and other bloggers a free uh, X-carve in return for a review, and all the ones I've seen have been. They've been honest. I'm not questioning that, um, but they've all been positive. Even though there was one or two where it was like um, getting the uh, the gantry perfectly aligned was a in the in one axis was a pain in the butt. Like <clears throat> getting it, uh, I guess, flush level uh, this way was okay. Um, well, I guess that would be maybe the X, but the Y getting it. That way, because the, the way it's built, um, it's a little bit more of a pain in the butt. Requiring even one guy to actually, he was actually went in to re-drill the holes a little bit, um, which again then you get into areas of issues with you know, um, making it precise, and, uh, and that kind of scares me a little bit. Uh, also, there was some talk about you know getting uh, and these guys were doing these guys were more woodworkers, um. Some debris getting into the uh, the tracks anyway um, so what I need what I said I'm doing PC building so my, my my plan is what would help me is um, green shoe garage we pride ourselves on when turning around you know really fast prototypes so I needed to the point where I couldn't wait the week or two or um, for even you know ash Park to get me back aboard I needed to be able to, you know, do the Eagle file, send it to the mill, test it out, make sure uh, it works, Um, go through probably, I guess on average, I'm like, you know, maybe two, three um, before I really get a board that I like or works. (laughs) And um, then once I got that, then I will take the design file once I get, you know, I'm I'm happy and, and convinced it works then I will send it off to someone to, like Ash Park to actually make um what I would say a customer presentable version of a board. So anyway, thought I'd share uh mainly to to get some feedback from anybody that's actually bought one and is using it again for more PCB milling than woodworking because again all the people that I've seen thus far are doing it um are using it to do woodworking. Uh, Appreciate your feedback. All right. With that, I'm going to end the rants tonight um, because it is late. Um, But uh, so, so the point that takes away national maker fair, any maker fair, if you can get it out to a maker fair, it's well worth your time. Um, If nothing else, it gives you uh, inspiration for, you know, other things for you to do, you know, would encourage you to steal directly someone's idea and product, but it is a place to kind of, if you're in a rut and you just need to, you know, you know, take a step back and, you know, regain some um, hope in humanity's future, a makerspace or maker fair is where to do it. Um, set out, oh, if you are a part of a makerspace, set up a, set up a booth next time. It's amazing how much traction and um, goodwill you'll get. Um, it was really cool. I think hopefully next year we can set something up. Either through my work or through uh through the makerspace. Um other than that, uh prevent the professional priesthood. Go to your Radio Shack and pick up stuff that if you need it to have it for projects, now's a good time. And um yeah, let me know if you've had any experience with the X carve uh and specifically for doing it for PCB milling. Um And we'll be back in probably two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. We're a little bit off with our schedule. But um, probably going to do a lot of interviews here coming out of Maker Faire. There's at least four uh, companies and folks that I met that I really want to get on um, and and, kind of pick their brain before um, too many weeks have passed and we all forget about Maker Faire. And uh, with that, I will go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you all very, very much for listening. And until next time, uh, I guess I should say, keep it steamy, make it quirky, keep it quirky. I got to put something like "make" in here. I don't know, but um, anyway, thanks for watching, and see you next time.